Well, let's move on to some general questions to round things off. Um, I love this, and I, I'm assuming it's a character name, hopefully not incorrectly, but um, Malleus Farmintum asked, um, we've learned that necromancy and the Thieves' Guild are not pr- frowned upon at Feromastus. Other than the main villain's antipathy towards disseminating knowledge, what subjects or activities are out of bounds at Feromastus? So I think I that's uh, a question mm. for me, I believe. Um, so I, I think I need to clarify some things. The Thieves' Guild is an illegal mm-hmm. guild. They are a group of thieves who have banded together to have access to certain things. They are not necessarily uh, endorsed by the, the mm-hmm. city. They are a secret guild that requires you to do a secret number of things to join. Or at least get someone else to do those <laughs> secret things for you. Yeah. Thanks, Rafi. Uh, but the Thieves Guild is 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 not a publicly recognized guild. Necromancy is one of the things that is kind of a... It is a tool that can be used in different ways. There have been areas of the world that have previously gone through great periods of, of famine due to sickness and necromancers came through and said we can provide you a workforce and that helped the situation there and so necromancy is a tool but it is often a tool used by pretty shady sketchy mm. people the the school of necromancy at Veramasters University is uh, not it is allowed to exist because it has a use there are some also some necromancy spells which are pretty pretty useful in general um it is not illegal but i would say that there are definitely some opinions that people hold about necromancy Mm. which are not unfounded (laughs) so we have two daniels this week so i'm calling this one daniel a um, and they asked, mm-hmm. I wonder how Orion works exactly. I first thought he was a flavored summon bestial spirit from the UA and now Tasha's, but I noticed that he seems not to be concentration and not a spell cast. So I wondered whether he is a homebrew edition and exactly how he works as I really like him. Well, uh, Daniel, you're actually correct that he basically it is a reflavored version of the bestial spirit. Um, and it does cost me a spell slot, I believe level two at the moment. Um, because the way that spell works, it doesn't make sense to cast it at level three. Um, only even numbered spell slots make sense uh, if you've read the spell. Uh, and when it comes to concentration, um, that is because occasionally I, the player, forget that uh, I cannot cast two concentration spells at once. Um, but I think there are moments in the past couple of episodes where, um, certainly in Machinations, um, I think... Meredith's thunder wave causes Harold to lose concentration on Orion. Um, mm-hmm. And I think also every every summon thing you summon is Orion. Oh, yes. They are yes, all Orion. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, I am Orion. You are Orion. They are Orion. We are all Orion. Yeah. There is since Tasha's um, druids have the ability to expend a wild shape to uh, do cast uh, Find Familiar. And so the way I've flavored that is that there are kind of minor forms of Orion and major forms of Orion and potentially in the future master forms of Orion who can say uh, but yes um, it, it is just a re-flavoring of Summon Beast Your Spirit it's just that I try and remember about concentration but I've certainly 
accidentally had two concentration spells going at once. Um, and I, but I do try and remember to make my um, concentration checks if I take damage, because the thing is with concentration yeah. spells is they are um, they're they're made that way for balance purposes. If I could have Orion, mm-hmm. Moonbeam, and all this going at once, like I'd be a DPS monster, and uh, it's yeah. Really, yeah. I, I try and remember, but I have occasionally forgotten in the past, which is a little confusing. Yeah, I think I think mostly when you've taken damage, like I don't think there's been many occasions when you've had Orion out and taken mm. damage. Um, to be fair, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like you're allowed to forget the concentration thing once in a while. If Meredith's allowed to forget that she's oh, lucky, yeah. um, every so often, like, if, that I, if I'm allowed to forget that I get that that Meredith gave me bleeding. Um, bardic inspiration, mm-hmm. which I keep forgetting. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just shows that we're all like we're not playing this and fudging stuff no. and trying to edit around. No, yeah, this is our right. game. Yeah. We're edited. We're edited in so much as we take out the stuff that really isn't necessary, mm-hmm. like me looking up how a spell works or trying to determine whether that spell, yeah. like, does what I think or it like, does, or... or like taking five minutes to work out what spell to cast when I have a list of spells. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Do I'm mostly that. pretty I, good about that. But no, like, you're, you're, I, like, I think when we started, there were a couple of times during combat yeah. where I was like, how do, how do we do yeah. this? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And that was usually um, to do no, with well, not having a map of the the yeah. space yeah. in my head. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it 100% shows like the fact that, that Ross forgets mm. that Orion is a concentration oh, yeah. spell. Is it, we're, we're playing our own game. But yeah, it is. It is a reflavor. Mm, I've I've reflavored a few things to sort of make more sense with um, Harold's like aesthetic, basically, because I can. Mm. Yeah, and 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 to, to to clarify as well, Ross asked me for the for permission to do that, and I was okay mm. to do it as well. Yes, I'm I'm okay with my players reflavoring their spell description to be however they like in in yeah. most cases. Uh, Debbie had a couple of questions for us. You would remember Debbie from our Yay, yeah, Debbie. IWD episode. We love you, Debbie. Um, Uzi. 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 It's so good. I literally my could Uzi. not get that out of my Uzi. head. Um, <laughs> so um, she kind of she wanted to know: um, Do you think who your character is now has changed from when they were a concept pre-game, and uh, and how so? I can start this one. Mm. Uh, definitely, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect it was going to be like. So I guess I just kind of went in and tried some stuff. And I think I've, I'm, I think I'm still kind of trying to figure her out mm. as well. But I think that's that's the same for any person, right? Mm. Like we're still trying to figure ourselves out. Yeah. Oh, that got deep. So it's, um, it got deep real fast. Yeah, it did very fast. Um, see, I can do it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, Meredith is is you know she's a work in progress. I think that's good. Well, I think uh, kind of similarly, I think potential's definitely changed, but I kind of always knew that she would because I deliberately built her as a stereotype of what people think of when they think of high elf wizards Mm -hmm. in Mm. D&D and then built a backstory that would make sense as to why she was at Ferramustus. And, you know, Ben and I had a bunch of back and forths about that. So knowing that that was where she started, I doubted she could remain the same because if she did, the other characters would want to isolate her Mm. and tell her to get stuffed. Mm. Um, And also she wouldn't get involved in anything. So I think I knew going from the start that she was not going to be able to 
day like that, but I think you still definitely get waves of that person. Um, we've already recorded some stuff that um, where there are some conversations that happen that I think reveal that that true tie to the old her mm. a lot more. Um, but I don't know that in the same way that anyone who goes through life, you can't remain the person you were five, ten years ago, even if the people who knew you five or ten years ago think you should still be that person. Yeah. Um, I think that changes regardless of what you want. I think 100% she's the same person, but also a different person. And I think mm -hmm. um, if all of us thought about ourselves a decade ago, because mm -hmm. arguably from, for her, it's a decade since she was um, at mm -hmm. home, quote unquote, we'd all say that we've changed a lot, oh, so much. even just by the people that we've gotten to know and um, the situations we found ourselves in. Yeah. So I think... I knew she was going to change because I built her assuming she was freshly arrived mm. in Veramustus. So. Yeah, I think I can say a similar thing about Harold. Like, I I built his backstory to allow his character to be in a certain place with the hope that through the story he could have um, certain types of arcs. But I think what's nice about improvisation compared to something, say, written or scripted is typically when you write or script something, you take a character and a good character will go on a journey and that journey will make sense based on who's around them. But a lot of the time you have to sort of forget the journey that those other characters are going on to enable the journey that you want your protagonist to have. You can't do that with improvisation because we're all improvising our characters and they're all mm -hmm. reacting to the world and each character's going on their own journey. So despite the journey that I was hoping or expecting Harold might have, that could change because the the journeys of the other characters that I'm playing with might, they might take them in a place that Harold himself is changed by that differently. And I think that's what's exciting about it as well, because, you know, I think we, I had this idea of what could happen, but you really don't know. And so I think some things that I hadn't thought about Harold are certainly happening in the story and things that I did think would happen. Some of that, some of that's happened and some of it hasn't, but I think that's a really cool thing that this particular medium of storytelling has, um, you know, like the ho this whole explosion of like RPG based storytelling. I think it's really turned on its head a little bit that the classic narratives that we're used to, because, you know, those hero arcs don't work the same when there's six different heroes with six different hopes and dreams and personalities. And that's that's a good mm. thing. And, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, uh, you know, going into the future with the character, so. Some of my NPCs have definitely gone through some changes. Um, some of them have grown as the story has progressed since the first time you've met them. Um, was, I, I'll use Michael as an example. Um, they have gone through a, a bit of an arc as as story being progressing. A bit. Yep. Um, but like from from my perspective of your characters, I can I can see where we started and where we are now, but I can still see. I I, I am picturing the the infinite possibilities of where these these lines continue off into the future, and I can see that there is you know a long way for these characters 
to travel still because they've only just started out. We've only just started our stories with them. We're only, you know, uh, just over a month into these characters starting their their academic postgraduate mm. life and meeting each other. So there is still so much of the original time of the original characters in them because not a lot of time has passed mm. and. They've been through some stuff. <laughs> They've definitely been through some stuff. Debbie also wants to know, is there a random fact that you have in your mind about Furimastus that is unlikely to be known through the story um, or have even have any influence on the story? For instance, like, what species of fish live in the river? I know so many things. It would take far too long to mm. get through. Um, What's your favourite? The founder of the university is the ancestor of one of the player characters in a different game yeah. I ran. The ancestor to a player character in a different game I ran. He's the, he's, he's like that character's great, 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 great uncle came and founded this university. Mm. Nice. I have the inside of Potentia's apartment in my head. Yeah. Because we haven't actually been there yet uh, in the story. Nope. Because like logically we haven't needed to really. So yeah. I can tell you that they still haven't replaced the floor in Griffin Hall. Typical, typical university <laughs> bureaucracy. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Louise's room? She's been moved to another room. Haldora's room. Haldora, yeah. that's right. Haldora's yeah. room. My office that's mate. Right. Louise is my friend. No, Haldora um, has been moved elsewhere and she's really salty about it. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. All right. Well, it's funny because in a lot of ways, Harold is both very complex and extremely simple. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a person uh, but uh, yeah it's actually funny that um, I think the revelation about his his dad was interesting but obviously that actually would affect the story in a big way Paul wanted said um, I think the titles of the episodes are brilliant who comes up with them and is it a group effort or is it one person um, it's totally a group effort um, we tend to post a bunch of ideas uh, in the, the the Discord, and it's very evenly split generally over which title makes it. Um, sometimes, sometimes there's just one that pops. It's really like you hear it and you go, "Yeah, yeah, that's yeah like it. the one for this week, um, mm. which like obviously is now last week." Um, Ethereal jaunt, I think, was said really early yeah. on, and we were all like, "That is the name of one of the mm -hmm. episodes, and it's the episode where this thing happens." And we were like, yep, that's, that is what that is. And I think Mascot Madness, the name of the arc was the same. Yeah. We were like, yep, that's correct. Sometimes is, this is what sometimes is happening. Well, it depends on the session. When it came to um, the Revenant revelries and all of that stuff, um, we, we, before we even edited anything, were like, these are the titles of the episodes for sure. Because yeah. we had a real clear idea of like, it's kind of like the thing with trilogies, right? Like. The trilogy has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the Lord of the Rings films are actually the best at this. But each movie has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And sometimes that works out really well. Revenant Revelries was like that. Every episode had that classic three-act structure, but the arc had a three-act structure. Yeah. Whereas... The Underlibrary was like that too. We were like, here is yeah. problem for a couple of episodes. Yeah. Here is getting to yeah. solution. Yeah. Here is... Combat, Sometimes like, it works out really yeah. well and we just we just know. It's literally once we finish recording, we're like, all right, these are the beats. But sometimes it's less obvious, you know. But I also think it's sometimes it's easier for us when like when we do have those clear moments of being like, oh, I can see where these mm. are. 
the naming is much yeah. easier. Um, I think there have been, especially this last, like this most recent mm. arc, we've really struggled with names mm. of it because we're like, we get stuck and we get to like Wednesday and we're like, we still don't know what to call yeah. it. It's a thing. We know what it is, but we can't find the name for it necessarily. Yeah. Um, mm. So sometimes like I've just messaged Ben and been like, here, maybe? Yeah. This is as mm. close as I've got. Yeah. And it's I two mean, minutes I before it's supposed to yeah. go out. <laughs> I, I think actually, Kate, one of your best ones has to be Halftime Showdown. Yes. I, there is Half-time something about that, that I just love. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's so like Halftime half Showdown. showdown. Like, like it's yeah. so, it's, mm, it was great. It's yeah. nice. I think for me, my favorite is still Revenant Revelries because it has some nice alliteration those words just completely describe everything about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that that the, that's the favorite one that I've come up with. I think. Uh, yeah, my two favorites for myself are. I was really proud of hitting the books. Mm. Yeah. In um yeah. in the underlibrary, <laughs> but I I came up with Cobalt Capers mm-hmm. and I am keeping yeah. that forever and ooze capades yeah. so yeah. i'm like i'm good at one shots give me a one shot and i'm like yes yeah. here's a yeah. name uh larks um <laughs> yeah i also enjoyed going yeah, rogue. going rogue i think, was, I think was my, nice, my, yeah. my personal ones are the, like i like a good pun or play yeah. like a good solid play yeah. on words whereas i know that sometimes ben and ross are just like no kate you can't <laughs> no whereas i'm like no. yes do it no there's a certain amount of like subtlety with wordplay where there's this balance where it can it has to be a certain level to be like clever enough but if it's yeah too clever it can actually be a little like it's a hard balance hey ross here thank you so much for checking out this episode of the common room the last in this latest run of three starting next week we'll be airing the one shot from hit dice heroes which i know you're all going to enjoy featuring myself and debbie you can check us out on various social media platforms at dn doctorates you can also hit up dndoctorates.com to submit questions and messages to the show don't forget, we also have a online store at merch.dingdoctrix.com if you want to help support the show and our various endeavours. But now, back to the show. So uh, here's another one. Um, how long do you record for at a time? Do you try to record arcs in one session or across multiple sessions? One or two. Yeah, mm. so I think the answer to that really is it, it depends. We ideally try yeah. and kind of get one arc done in one session because... From a roleplay perspective, it, it is handy to kind of have that one yeah. continuous session. Yeah. But uh, occasionally it rolls um, across. Um, I think Mascot Madness was two pretty hefty sessions. Mascot Madness was two, yeah. and they were big. Um, were the other big, one that was yeah. that I remember being two was... I think the, we split machinations as well. Yeah, we, we did. did, because we, we got was, to where we, we took the hand. I think a yeah. lot more recently we've done two, and it's mm. just been because we've done like six hours and then just yeah. been like... We don't have the energy to keep the energy nah. up. Yeah. Um, and we can't really mm-hmm. walk away for an hour and come back like no. you could if you were at a real table. Um, the only other one that strikes me is we definitely did in two sessions was um, the Halloween ones. Yes. The, mm-hmm. two, the, the two ones. parties. Yeah. Because we recorded one thinking that that would just be, it would be a one-off for Halloween. And then we yeah. ended up with that plus the ghost fight in the alley plus the bard party. Mm-hmm. And it became something that we mm-hmm. kind of chunked in around Halloween as rapidly almost as we could. It's actually yeah. roughly where we transitioned to weekly mm. just because we realized we had so much content 
and yeah. we'd recorded well, that's so because much. we got to the party and the party was so good i didn't want to like move yeah. away from it there was so much good content yeah, i think there. as well it wasn't that that session went long but it was very mentally taxing to record yeah. that mm-hmm. uh and so i was proper tired at the end of that yeah mm-hmm. we we just sort of Episode. needed that Episode. break sometimes you know like there, there are just certain things that are more taxing to role play than others uh and i think that was one of them mm-hmm. but yeah we don't mm-hmm. we tend to try and limit it to five hours max because really people run out of spoons pretty quickly after that i think i want to finish off with some super fun questions and um i like this one a lot what would be an easy way to spot a fake meredith harold or potentia uh, what actions could easily give a fake away and i think i have um it's funny because i don't i don't describe this enough but harold is always immaculately presented his yeah. hair is always perfectly done he has um he has a unique but very st- sort of stylish sense um you'll see that he wears a lot of like darker purples and these are colors in uh in medieval times that are hard to get um and that that is like the lingering like the the although he tries with his actions to you know Eschew some of his wealth. His presentation is absolutely—you could not mistake him mm. for someone. You know, the clothing that he wears is very well tailored, and his hair—you know, getting a haircut at all, I imagine, in medieval times would be an absolute luxury to have a professional come and do it. And Harold takes the time to do that. So if if, if Harold is ever looking like like Disheveled. like dossy to to use like an English term, I don't know if that <laughs> translates globally, but it doesn't really. <laughs> The answer is no, it doesn't. No. I know what you mean, but no, it doesn't. To be looking like like extra casual, I suppose, it might be a generic way of saying it. That that does that something is wrong with Harold at that point for sure. If you look like you've rolled out of bed and like ducked down to the shops because you forgot milk, Harold's taken half an hour to get ready. Yeah. To go down to the shops to get milk. The rest of us have thrown on sweatpants yeah. and out boots. Yeah, we're, we're not going to find Harold in in sandals, shorts, and a t-shirt. No. Potential. It's it's not. It's similar, but it's not. In that, I think there's a very specific way that she interacts with people she's never met before, mm. which is not so much of suspicion, but of. I mean, we've experienced the interactions that she's had with Harold's father and the dwarves under the mountain, mm. specifically. Um, oh God, I've forgotten his name. Um, Zinlaz's dad. Um, who you know she's she's wary of people when she meets them and allows them to kind of show their true colors first um and i think if if you ever saw her suddenly warming to someone that she's just met i think that would be a very clear giveaway um the exception is of course in the situation like when she was dealing with flirting with the one who I, whose name I can't remember in order to get her way. But I think that's, you can very clearly tell the difference there. It's not, she's not being open and warm. She's doing something active mm. to mm-hmm. get something else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if she was ever as warm as Meredith, I think there'd be cause for suspicion. Mm. Mine's real easy. If you ever see Meredith say Without no food. to a food. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever see Meredith say no to the offer of a free donut. Raise the alarm. Yeah. Noted. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Noted. 
if she ever turns down a donut, we'll freak out. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. It's just like constant, like um, you know, like in yeah. in the in the Star Trek universe, they all have little like goatee patches, right? Like oh yeah, for yeah. Meredith, it'll just be like. Yeah. Food refusal, basically. Oh, I'm just real mad that I can't, as a conjurer, conjure her donuts all the time. Yeah. Because I can't, because they disappear after an hour. Yeah. yeah. Insubstantial. Um, yeah. All right. They're hollow calories. Hollow calories. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith is happy. I feed her donuts and she never gains any weight. Although I think if you bu- if you bite into it, it would take damage. So I'd have to it make them the little donut holes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> donut holes instead. Yeah, it would disappear. Yeah. Oh, that would be so disappointing. Oh, donut holes Trump, just press the digitation. It's great. No, no, no. Yeah. no we, can, we, can, we can do this. This yeah. is fine. But yeah, Meredith's the hero's birthday feast, party. The hero's feast is definitely... Uh, um, the Meredith tell. Yeah, yeah. probably something. Because I think druids can do hero's feasts. Maybe you have to be certain circle. But anyway... Um, I, so Daniel B has this question. Um, I could be reading into things too much, but I've been picking up on Ben alluding to certain character pairings. Have players picked up on character flirting and who is each player's favorite ship and why? Um, I feel like we all have the same response. And I, I and I'm going to I'm going to preface this. I don't with, think I do. Oh, interesting. I don't think I do. Well, that then this this could be cool then. I, <laughs> I, I certainly I, I want to preface this with Ben has not told us anything that you don't know in fact Mm -hmm. apart from things that relate specifically to our backstories we know as much as you as an audience at all times uh when Uh, when we mostly true yeah i mean look we're we're a bit ahead of of in the common room but when you're listening to the story uh we oh i just mean i have bits of law that that you 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 all yeah you all might know bits of law that Right, but yeah, they're very yeah. character specific. They're not like yes, they're not like like. But for the most part, what our characters know uh, is what we, the players, know, and it's what you, the audience, know. But yeah, obviously for me, I mean, Michael and Gore is the, yeah. the favorite shit, 100%. right? I mean, that was what I was going to say. It, it's it's we've gotten some stronger hints potentially mm-hmm. uh, with mascot madness, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love both of those characters individually. And I, I think what I like about that as a ship is that I can totally see how that works. You know, I think sometimes with like story romances, um, my, my biggest one of this is when Booth and, um, Bones. and Bones got together uh, in Bones. Um, I just I just never saw it. And as soon as that happened, it took me out of the story. But with with Gore and Michael, I can see it. And so... I, uh, you know, I think that's why I'm probably invested in that that arc potentially. Yeah. I'm here for it. So what's interesting is I'm invested in that arc, but I think that the thing that I ship the most, and it's, and I'm sorry, Joe, I'm so sorry, oh, no! but it is a hundred percent Aldwin and Meredith. <laughs> and the re- and the reason is because like, I think I think what's so beautifully genuine about it is that like. Everyone knows someone who's been in Meredith's shoes yeah. and is the like, a, like is completely oblivious to like how to deal with it or even what their feelings are about the situation in She's the first got no place. Idea. Correct, and that's I think there's something about <laughs> that that feels so authentic to me. Like Michael and Gore feels authentic. I know couples like that. I know people like that. Like I, I'm in the theater. Like. This is this is things that exist in my life. Whereas I think what's really 
lovely about that is that it's it's people I recognize from my life who I've seen over and over again in different ways. And to me, it doesn't matter how it ends up. Yeah. And that's why I'm invested in it. Like, I think, I think there would be people who would be really mad if we had a Michael Gore break breakup. Mm. Whereas I, but like the Aldwin and Meredith relationship, no matter what it is and where it is, I think is something that I'm just like, I love that so much more because honestly it could never amount to anything and I'd still love it yeah do you know what I mean I like I mean I am there's ones that I know that I'm stuck in that I'd be like if either of you had said like Nora and Potentia I would have been like I hate you both you suck (laughs) but I think that one's a little bit it hits a little bit different for me Mm. um, because I went to uni with a bunch of people who remind me so much of Aldwin in different ways yeah and people who were so much like Meredith in different ways. And I just think mm-hmm. it's one of those things where for me, that's so much cooler. Um, mm-hmm. There is a realness that, to it, I think, which is interesting. That, yeah, especially because, and again, this is no slight on Ben at all. Michael and Gore has been gifted to us. Aldwin and Meredith came out of something that was almost unintentional yeah. because it's a combination of two people coming together and creating that. That I, that I like more than something where um, the DM is able to be like, here are some set pieces and I put them together and here are some hits and it's great. That's great, but that's not what I love the most. Um, I love that discovery of this like, poor little Aldwin, poor Ethan. <laughs> I'm going to make him a page on the wiki and just like give him his nickname as yeah. Ethan. Yeah. AKA. <laughs> had, had, um, had the dice okay, gone Ethan. a little differently, Meredith may have never bumped into him. You know, a hundred percent. Yeah. Again, reasons I love mm-hmm. it. It came out of like. Also, there was that heartbreaking moment where I forgot his name. Mm. And you're both invested in it because Harold's forgotten his name. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, and then then there's the whole adorableness of like at the hero's feast with Parfait and him staying in the group. Like, I'm here for yeah. it, man. There is an <laughs> element as well of like, and this is pretty typical of like Harold's advice is terrible. Yeah. In the situation. Yeah. It's awful. It's not good. Yeah. It's no, not good it's advice. Not I will 100% like, pr- do not ask Potentia for help with the situation. She will literally not be able to help you <laughs> for many oh, reasons. Oh, this whole thing but, like, is like Michael my and Gore might nightmare. be able to be your help. Like, <laughs> just head to Michael and Gore, man. Like, oh. talk, talk to someone, talk to an adult because yeah. it's not us. Oh, mate. <laughs> Both Daniel A and Paul want to know um, whether or not ice is a rock or mineral. Bonus points if you avo- avoid the term oh, natural. Oh, man. We no, did discuss I, I this. Edited, I, I edited a lot of the discussion out of the <gasps> episode. Yeah. It was me. It's because it really derailed the situation we were in. <laughs> yeah, fair. It was, it, it was at a time point where the story needed to move along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so... Ice is water that is kind of in a crystal form, right? Like Mm. a mineral. So I can see why it would be a mineral. Ice can form in different sorts of crystal formations as well. So I know I have a friend who works at Ansto who works on on recreating ice found on different planets, which is awesome. Wow. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. So she has like a whole like 
um, freezing situation happening where she like induces different crystalline structures and like recreates the um, the conditions found on moons like Titan and that kind of thing and Enceladus and yeah it's so cool her name's Helen Maynard Cassily and she's awesome um, so I can see why like I can see how it's related but I would argue it's a state of matter right I would argue that ice is a mineral. The reason ice is a mineral is because it has a, it is, is a, it's when it's naturally forming. So this is the thing, right. the ice in your freezer, not a mineral. Glacial ice, mineral. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's the thing. So um, if memory serves me correctly, and I'm just going to quickly uh, do a sneaky Kate Google, um, as I'm known to mm-hmm. do, uh, on an, on another podcast that we have all uh, been on, um, so they have to be uh, inorganic, not produced by an organism. Well, that's fine because mm-hmm. it's, it's inorganic. Solid, mm-hmm. which ice, that's fine. Um, it has a limited range of chemical compositions. Yes. Yep. Um, and it has an ordered atomic structure, yes. which it does. And then, the, so that's, there's, f- there's five criteria. Those are four of them. And the fifth one is that it is naturally occurring, i.e. not made by humans. So... That is in your yes. freezer, not a mineral, not a rock. Ice, glacial ice, icebergs, things of that nature. Mineral, naturally occurring. Uh, same goes for um, sheet yeah, ice. Min- in- mineral. 